The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. All of us at Podcast One want to say thank you for listening to this show. We would also like to ask a small favor of you. It'll take less than 10 minutes, and if you're one of the first few people to fill out the survey, we'll give you something for your time. We would like you to complete a short survey for us to help make things better around here. Just go to listeningsurvey.com and everything will be right there for you. That's listeningsurvey.com. The first 125 people to go and complete this survey will get a $10 gift certificate to restaurant.com. And there is a chance to win an additional $100 Amazon gift card. Filling out the survey will really help us out. Go to listeningsurvey.com and thanks for listening. Hey guys, boy, did this pod go long and deep. You ever hear that joke? It's like a guy's peeing off the bridge and he says, boy, water sure is cold today. And his other buddy goes, yeah, and deep too. Well, we went long and deep on this one. And listen, I can talk a bunch of different ways about Bet DSI. I'm going to keep this one very, very simple. So far, with our five super contest picks, you hear the three best bets to start the show coming up. We are 65% on the season in the gold super contest. Now think about that. This is even more impressive. Zero losing weeks. Literally, if you bet exactly what we bet each week, zero losing weeks in the super contest gold. We are among seven or eight teams that are vying in the lead for that $700,000 prize. And oh, by the way, I'm releasing every game we play on Sunday on my Twitter so you can play those exact games anywhere, including BetDSI, because remember, you need additional outs to get the best number, BetDSI, 20 years online, et cetera, et cetera, and... Lastly, special offer using the promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101. So three things to think about. One, we're killing it, and you're going to get all of it, not only on the pod coming up, but the late-breaking stuff on Sunday on my Twitter. Two, if you're going to bet, might as well get the best number. Check out BetDSI to have an extra number to consider. Three, if you do, use BELL101. That helps us also gives you a special offer onto the pod welcome to rj bell's dream preview weekly winners from his wise guy roundtable broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in las vegas here is rj bell that's right NFL Week 10 edition with my wise guy roundtable. To my left, the Vig, Matty Holt. The Vig. In front of me, Steve Fezzik, only two-time Super Contest champion, and making his return, college specialist wading in shark, sharp, infested waters, Brad Powers. I'm RJ Bell. Good news, Matty. Brad was strutting like a peacock on the Straight Out of Vegas show, and I talked him into giving. Oh, I guess it was in the college football pod yesterday. He's giving back the minus one hundred and five. I like that. Have you ever seen the color of money? 
Yes. Remember when Tom Cruise is supposed to be dumping against the guy who's the best guy? Yeah. And then his emotions start going and he goes, hey, Grady. I think his name was Grady Seasons or something. He goes, hey, Grady. Up your ass with the break. That's kind of what Brad, do you want to say? Up your ass with your 105, Vig. All right. (laughs) Well, that wasn't very charismatic. I mean, I was happy to see Brad. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Let's let's try it again. Hold on. Good. You can take that 105, (laughs) Fezzik, Vig, RJ, and stick right up your ass. I don't need it. Uh, So. You can thank me for baiting him into that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, I know a lot of you thinking Super Contest Gold. We I bo- think it's hard to bait him, though, by the way. No, it's easy. Fez and I bait each other because we are we both can, you know, it's never our, our likes that actually end up bets. We bait each other. And, All right, I'll take you on on that. Uh, Brad's like, these are the top five games. I'm not getting away from them. I'm staying strict down the road. Where Fez and I, we mm. veer off the highway a little bit. No. Different podcasts in college football. <laughs> exactly. You can bait me uh, in college football. No, that's the thing about Brad. Brad's a confident, and, but if you get under a skin, his insecurity comes. Out. <laughs> Let, let's just say that. Right. And, and that's the thing is he's smart in the NFL. Why? It's like if I went to play 5100 No Limit Hold'em, I'm not making any moves. I'm playing rock solid. Yeah. Right. That's what Brad's thinking here, but I give him credit. He's back. Speaking of that, let's see how everyone's done. Uh, I'm the big plus 400 last week plus 770 for the year. Well, you're happy. Aren't you? Now that's not counting the bench press money. That did. The 400 counts the bench press money. All right. Good. I'm Steve Fezzik. I went one and one. I broke even last week. I am 11 and 15. I'm down $1,120 despite being an NFL special. <laughs> These are sharp, infestive waters, baby. Brad. Yeah, I lost the bench press contest. That cost me $500. And now I'm actually down on the NFL podcast because of the bench press loss. I'm RJ Bell, undefeated last week. Zero and zero. I'm up 120 on the season. All right. <laughs> Let's get the bench. You know, we're, we're Do you know I got the bench press results on Twitter? <laughs> and I, I pulled up my Twitter like Saturday morning to look at it. And there was like, you know, I have like 76 messages. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And it was the Fez bench press messages. <laughs> I swear to God. I was like, whoa. All right. Hey, let's give. So I sent them on like, yeah, Fez. We had a full film crew down there. Well, a couple of iPhones, but the, I, you could see Sleepy and Mackie going around trying to get different angles. <laughs> Fez is all pumped up. He had, he had the cutoff shirts. I mean, it was a sight. I heard it was done. Like three, three or four in, you knew Bet Fez could have put it up ten times. Yeah, yeah. the money was out. Three, four. Anyway, <laughs> I was reaching for the wallet. Brad was like the million dollar man <laughs> holding the hundreds, and the Macho Man stomps on his fingers, and the money goes flying. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tweet out at RJ in Vegas the video of this, right? So we'll put that out by sometime on Thursday at RJ in Vegas. It was impressive. And he had the cutoff shirt, the pipes. I mean, it was strong. If you would have had like a macho man mask, it would have been the best ever. Ken Thompson would have been proud of my form too. Now, what was fascinating was for Halloween, right? So we did a quick pod last week. Uh, Sleepy dressed up as Freddie Fanny Pack. I right? saw it, yeah. He had his ticket. It was an eight-teamer. 
It won. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up it did. Yeah. And, and the funny thing, it was five to win 175, right? He was Fred sure. Fanny Pack. And he had the guts to text me. You know, RJ, I was thinking if I wasn't trying to be Freddy, I would have bet more. <laughs> like, dude, you wouldn't have even bet those games. Oh, goes, oh yeah. good point. Yeah. But it is awesome that it won. I yeah, mean, of course. It, it, it was it, that kind of Sunday, actually, though. Yeah. <laughs> a Freddy Fanny Pack yeah. kind of Sunday. And uh, so I actually tweeted that out too, a picture of the ticket and his outfit, if you didn't see it. It's a little further back at RJ in Vegas. That went out a few days ago, taping Wednesday. Released the NFL on Thursday. And we had a, I thought, a really good college football pod if you guys haven't heard it yet. Last thing, we pulled a miracle out on the Super Contest Gold. Playing wrong about the Bills. Playing wrong about the Redskins. Maddie, you like the other side. We It was our fifth pick. And, but luckily... Fez paid me some over it now. <laughs> luckily... None of the other picks we were considering would have won either. So the decision. Yeah. Jets would have lost. Yeah. Jets were an option and, uh, but still three and two. So now nine weeks in 0.0 losing weeks and 65%. And there's only seven people were what a game and a half back now. And there's only six people with a better record. And I think two tied. So there's like nine of us. In it, so we need a five and zero. I mean, well, yeah, but to me, last week was our bad week, so I'm feeling good. And as you guys, once we were two and two, I know we were golden because that uh, that Tennessee on Monday night was actually one of my favorite picks. Oh, that was, and we got two and a half points, the better of the number on the close, and I mean everything about it was good. It was funny because we got our record here on the best bets, and uh, Maddie is four and five. Woo. Now listen, Maddie's really contributed. I mean, like I will say we would not have near this record. Obviously the four and five isn't helping, but we wouldn't have near this record if it weren't for him. I mean, that's genuinely true, but I saw him with Mackie looking, going, are you sure this is right? Like we were, <laughs> we were, we were after the radio show, we were doing our little thing and he's got Mackie <laughs> lobbying him to like somehow change the record. <laughs> I just don't remember ever having Miami, but oh, it's all right, whatever. But I will say this, and you know what's amazing, <laughs> Fez? So if you look at our record on our best bets here, we're 15, 11, and 1, okay? So good. That's really good, right? It's better than you could expect. If someone said over, under on 27 picks, I would have went under this number, right? I mean, just... Our goal was 55. So if we're 57 or whatever here, we, we've exceeded it. We've done some nice work here. We can be proud of RJ, but it's not exactly a Princeton Super Gold contest material, is it now? What's Princeton? Um, it's the Bill Rutherford interview with Tom Cruise and Ruth in um, Risky Business. Oh, <laughs> he lo- he's wow. Seen, he's seen seven movies and he's going to, I should know. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> But so what we're saying here is, let's be candid. I'm making the Friday night decisions. They're like over 70%, right? Because we're 65 on the year. But somehow Maddie came in going, I'm mad about the skins. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. My Sunday uh, decisions. No, they've been good. Right, just... right, hold up. I said, are seven over 70% of my Friday decisions are over 70%. He's still complaining. Princeton can use a guy like RJ Bell, Maddie. Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, hey, so let's do it. We're going to leave with our best bets. Showtime. Woo. All right, Fezzy Wazzy. 
I know you're going to be totally prepared here because this is your best bet. Who do you like? I'm on the New York Giants Monday Night Football plus three against the 49ers. I'm getting the better team, RJ, catching three and arguably in a better spot off of a bye for the Giants. All right, let's go one. Try to do one thing at a time here. So how are how is it the better team? These two teams have comparable stats overall in terms of a yards per play perspective. And let's think about this. You're down with YPP? The old, down with the <laughs> nice. YPP. Think about it. Part of the stats on the 49ers, this includes Jimmy G being quarterback part of the year, Bethard being quarterback part of the year. Now, maybe Mullins is as good as Bethard. He certainly, I don't think he is, even though he had one great game, and I think he's going to be worse. Further, this is a San Francisco team that has been injured all so year long. Now you're long. bringing up like a third topic is let's just try to stick on – how you're assessing the Giants are better. Can you do that? Yes, the Giants have the better stats overall. Catching the three makes no sense. And again, me. give us the stats on the YPP. You down with YPP? <laughs> the Giants are gaining 5.7 yards per play. They're giving Just up give me, give 5. Point minus point 0.1. Minus point 0.1. So, that's it. so let's stop a minute. That's saying the, the Giants are a sm- the smallest smidge away from an average team. Yes. You like those numbers. That's what you believe is true. I don't believe that that is true. But we're going by those numbers. I'm using it as a baseline starting point. Okay, so why? But that's the question. If number, if you don't trust the numbers, you can, if I say just like, oh, I think the Giants are number 29. If you don't trust them, if you say, well, I'll just assume they're number 22. Because like, why is it a baseline? Meaning it, it seems so illogical. Why use it as a baseline? Well, I think it's a great starting point, like a pitcher's earned run average in baseball, and then you can start making adjustments based upon that. Okay, so, but if you are making adjustments, why not just start with the adjustments? So what are the adjust? Why are the Giants' yards per play so deceiving? Because the Giants have had several games where they were down large and they made fourth quarter comebacks down double-digit scores where Eli got a whole lot of passing yards and that improves their offensive yards per play. Okay. So if it can adjust it, I mean, what, so what do you think? Where do you, I mean, you've got your power ratings. Where are the giants? I have the giants five points worse than an average. I I, I don't care about that. I want to know their rankings. Number 26. All right. So you're saying that the yards per play say they're what? 16, 17. Yes. And you have them 10 slots lower but somehow the yards per play is why we're supposed to think the Giants are better. You're pretty much saying the yards per play is irrelevant here because you're saying you're going 10 slots low. Well, even after making a massive adjustment to that yards per play, I still have the Giants the better team than San Francisco. Okay, so you got the Giants at what number again? 26. All right, Football Outsiders has them 24. I have them 25. Okay. And you got San Francisco where? I have San Francisco Two slots lower, number 28. All right, so you have San Francisco 28. So the line's three. You're saying they're about the same teams. I'm saying San Francisco is a slightly inferior team. Okay, but we're not, we're not, you don't trust your power ratings that much. Well, you don't trust your power ratings that much. The difference between 25 and 27 is why you're betting a three-point dog, right? Right. The situational spot is also much better for the Giants. Which is what? The Giants are coming off of a bye, so they'll be fully prepared, in my opinion, on a losing streak Contrast that with a 49er team that just had a, a huge blowout win. 10 days rest. 
How much you uh, how much do you value buy over a Thursday to Sunday? I'd rather have the buy, especially. No, I, esp- I got that part. I mean, how much? Well, I think it's much more about emotional. <laughs> think about it. if you if you have a buy or you have ten days off and you're off a blowout win. That is not a good thing necessarily versus being a team that's mired in a losing streak. We talk about this all the time. So now we're not, you're not answering the question about 10 days or a bye. You're answering the question about coming into an extended extra rest with a win or a loss. It's a whole separate thing. Yes. So the bye versus the Can 10 you try days. try to answer my question? It's, it's not a significant difference. Okay. So it's not so much it's a buy then it's you think the Giants are motivated. Correct. Remember when we, when we see winless teams off of a bye, they do great against the spread. Well, the Giants aren't winless, but they only have one win. So I expect them to be ultra-motivated in this contest. I, I got a lot of questions about all this. Maddie. why don't you just give your general handicap, and then maybe it can fill some of it in. Sure. I mean, I have the Giants 25th, and I have San Francisco 29th in my power ratings. And the difference is about a point for me, uh, a little over 1.1 points. So uh, if you factor in the 1.1 with plus three here, I think I'm actually getting about a point and a half of value built in anyway. That's just a starting point for me. I do like the Giants off the bye. I think the two best players in this game play for this for the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. So I have the two best offensive players in an offensive league playing for that team. And, and those guys both want to prove a point that, hey, if you get us a quarterback, we might be one of the more dynamic trios in all of football. And they've had good games this year. It's just Eli has not, and their thus their offense has not been consistent. But you know, I feel like had San Fran played up to expectations and maybe lost by a field goal against the Raiders, we would be arguing, you know, hey, who's the number 31 ranked team in the NFL? Obviously, Buffalo would be 32 because the Niners would be right there. The Giants have never touched that, right? They're one and seven, and yet still nobody has them anywhere near the worst team in the league. I just think that's a good spot for the Giants. Okay, so... Let's talk about the buy for a second. Forgetting the 10 days versus the buy. Lately, I've been hearing, or one person said something that really made sense to me, which was the idea that buys are generally good, but like a third of the time, they can be really bad. Like some teams in some situations, it's like, uh, you know, we, we, I think we see that in college, don't we, Brad? Is if you see a late season buy with a team that's kind of hopeless, that they kind of come back like, oh my God, do we really got to do this? And on the flip side, a team's got a lot of momentum. Sometimes the buy hurts you in that regard where, hey, we just played three or four of our best games of the season. Now we get a buy, it kind of throws you off rhythm. Well, that's certainly not the case with the Giants. Yeah, so They're not coming in with a bunch of rhythm. So I guess the question is this. Part of me thinks the fact the Giants gave up on McAdoo last year means they probably don't want to give up on another coach because then they're going to start really blaming players. On the other hand, when you have OBJ, when you have New York City, you got to wonder if this is the kind of team that, I mean, this feels, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, right? So I, I think the buy for? helps for this reason. On this particular week, if Eli continues to just look terrible, I think the pressure gets so much that he'll have two options. Announce your retirement the at the end oh, of the oh, year. Eli or the coach? Eli and the coach. The, the whole team itself is going to have two options. Allow Eli, Eli to announce his retirement so you can start him for the rest of the year 
and he, it can be a farewell tour because the team's terrible, or you work on something different. Hey, we have these great playmakers. We have a bye. Our offensive line stinks and Eli stinks. Let's come up with some plans to get the ball in the hands of our playmakers faster so maybe Eli can have a good game so maybe the media will get off our back, and we all know we have to draft a quarterback anyway. Eli knows he has to come out and do this this game. I have to assume they use the bye to address the fact that anything more than a three-step drop with that offensive line means Eli's under pressure and he's slower than me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt or uh, Brad, what's your handicap? I like the Giants here. And to me, it's a fade against Mullins. And here's some things about Nick Mullins. Undrafted, out of college, is Southern Miss. So no one wanted him enough to draft him in seven rounds. Last year for the 49ers, not second string, not third string, fourth string. So he he was basically on the practice squad. This year, weighed by the 49ers, back on the practice squad. Why did he get called up? Well, Jimmy G got hurt, so that's how he got called up here. So, I mean, we were talking this last week right in the Straight Out of Vegas show that led up to that game. All week long, Mullins could have been the guy getting the snaps. Hey, we're going to go with Mullins here. The 49ers were still holding out hope that Beathard would be the starting quarterback, even less than 100% a terrible C.J. Beathard. I don't mind fading a guy off an historically great performance. That's why I like the Giants. And plus, the 49ers stink as a favorite. I mean, throw that game where they flipped to to dog last week in the Raiders because of the quarterback. One and nine against the spread the last 10 games as a favorite. And, RJ, you got this stat. Nobody take Jimmy G starts out the window. No one's worse other than the Browns and the 49ers the last two and a half seasons in the NFL. So they've won three games. I think they're like three out of 31 they've won or three out of 32. I don't have it right in front of me without Jimmy G, yep. the 49ers. So Fez, in your power ratings, if Bathard were playing, how would you adjust the 49ers? It's a great question because I have uncertainty about Mullins, but right now, I would upgrade the 49ers by one point if Beathard was playing. Okay. So at that point, if Beathard were announced as starter, you wouldn't like the Giants here. Correct. So this is really ultimately a fate of Mullins. I think that has to be, and I think if we're going to be fair, when we talk about these quarterback upgrades and downgrades, you can't say, hey, if Beathard suddenly got upgraded, you don't like the Giants. I think it has to be if they were both healthy and Beathard was going to start and the line is three, you don't like the Giants. Yeah, except I'll tell you this. Because do I want a busted hand Beathard coming in? Because he's not going to be 100%. But you're making a point, which makes me like this game too. Like the Giants, is the idea that the 49ers on a short week said, all right, that no one was all that excited about Beathard entering that Sunday game. He gets hurt. They see he's less than 100%. They're saying, no, we cannot announce the starter until, even if the odds are against it, if Beathard is even 85%, we're going to play him. That's them saying, we don't want Mullins on the field, right? They know Mullins a lot better than any of us do. The fact that they were so apprehensive, the 49ers, to put Mullins on the field makes me think, boy, what an aberration that performance was. And when we talk about that performance, we're all talking about this historically great performance. At the end of the day, it had, well, like 262 yards. I mean, it wasn't like he threw for 500 and, you know, he threw for like 260, didn't turn the ball over, which was the big surprise, and a couple of scores. Last question. Refresh my memory when the fact we had the Giants in that lucky and it was a lucky cover on Monday night against Atlanta. We had it at five and a half, right? In the contest fest. Correct. 
And but where did that close? Four. It closed. Mm, that's a powerful point. So my question is: the Giants since then have have is has, is that been the buy and they haven't played or they had who the Giants have? At? They lost the Redskins at home by a touchdown. But that, if I remember right, that was a fairly competitive game, right? It was or like 20 think, to 13. Yeah, 20 to 13. Yeah. It's not like they got killed. So you don't really downgrade the Giants from that, right? So my question is, we're now saying Atlanta is like a point better than the 49ers. And that's, of course, ludicrous because Atlanta is like a right middling team. But the Atlanta lines have not made sense to me the whole year, right? When, when they were three against Tampa Bay, and then they were supposedly better than Washington. Now, look, Atlanta won. I, I'm going to agree. I don't know how to handicap Atlanta, by the way. <laughs> All right. So best bet number one, Steve Fezzik. He is seven and two. And, I mean, you might know this about him. I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. He says, take the points. He says, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Eli plus three. No one is fading him. Matty Holt, not a great best bet record. Let's, uh, we're expecting I'm on a two trade. game win streak at least. <laughs> ah, oh my gosh. We're <laughs> all joking aside. You get to pick second. I'm going with the Detroit Lions here, plus six and a half against the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, this is a game for me that, that right away stood out as, you know, a division rival and a, and a perfect situation of maybe, you know, when Fez talks about too much of an upgrade or downgrade off a win or loss, well, we saw the Chicago Bears last week, you know, probably get way too much of an upgrade for less than 200 yards of total offense, but because of all the pick sixes. And, you know, I don't want to keep ragging on Nathan. Peterman here because all those weren't his fault. Several of those balls were tipped last week. But I mean, what a bad performance by Peterman in the in the Buffalo Bills offense, making Chicago look better. And this has kind of been the case for the Bears all year with these turnovers that they turn into scores. And that's without Khalil Mack playing last week. So, I mean, I think, look, they're good for their defense. Their defense is playing well. But this is a Detroit Lions team that has responded well when down this year and has played good against division opponents. Everybody thought they were down. They they beat the Green Bay Packers outright. I think in a division game here where the weather is not going to be a factor, I think if it was really cold, it would probably favor that Bears defense here. We're talking about 35 degrees, no wind. Uh, a game that that uh, a situation that should favor Detroit here, and no team has probably been more fortunate in terms of turnovers and how they've affected the scores of game than the Bears. But no team has been as unfortunate maybe the last couple of weeks as the Detroit Lions. Those missed pitches that turned into fumbles that led to easy scores for the Minnesota Vikings last week in a game that was close throughout, and all of a sudden turned into a blowout as Detroit's turning the football over late. Assuming that turnovers are more random than we all assume, and that stuff regresses back to the norm this week, I think offense versus offense, Detroit stacks up very well, very well with carry on Johnson running the football. Obviously, the passing game still there at Matthew Stafford at the helm. I, you definitely get the better quarterback here in a division rivalry game that assumes to be fairly low scoring at six and a half points. I'm taking the Lions. It's a pretty good handicap, Matty. Holt to Vig. Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I think Maddie's got the right idea. I think this line is an overreaction to the. Now, so just to be clear, you passed this game. We we all submit beforehand. So let's start with. You only get to pass one game, right? We want you to lean at least. 
So that means you had no opinion. So let's start on the anti side, meaning what made you think, I don't even want to lean on the Lions. I'm worried about backing teams that were sellers here at the trade deadline. They let Golden Tate go, and we saw all of the sellers. Every one of them blew straight up and against the spread last week. Mm-hmm. So in my back of my mind, I put a little note. You want to say anything about who was really pushing that? That was the R.J. That's Bell true. theory of buyers. But does that last the whole year? I don't know. I think it lasts a week. I think it's like, all right, and then now it's like it's time to play. You're getting paid. Time to play. Well, some of the buyers didn't exactly win either. Washington got Yeah, but I don't think buyers are going to win. I think there's the psychology, uh, especially if it's a team that's competitive. Like Detroit was in the playoff hunt in theory. Sure. And let's still not out of it if they get a win here. And let, yeah, good point. And let's make a clear point. The Lions got bet a good bit by the market, right? That Minnesota line. Certainly didn't run up. You know, it ping ponged all over the place. It went up and down from four to six all week long. Yeah. So it seemed like the, I mean, to me, the idea of four and a half, like the Minnesota who has one of the better home fields was only a point or point and a half better than the Lions. Well, that's interesting. So under this theory, the Bears are better than Minnesota. Mm. Which is ludicrous because I've got Minnesota clearly in my top 10. I have the Bears, the number 12 team. So think about it. Last week, you could have bet Minnesota minus four and a half against these Lions. This week, you get a much inferior team, the Bears, and they're laying six and a half. So what do you have Minnesota versus Chicago right now? And same question to you, Maddie. I have Chicago at number 13, 1.6 points better than an average football team. And I have Detroit at number 23, uh, two points worse than an average football team. So minus 3.6, like 2.75 for home field. Not a great advantage. It's probably around six and a quarter. So I don't think my power ratings are, are no. what boosted me. I think no, my I power ratings are only about a quarter point advantage on the spread but more specifically compare minnesota to chicago so again i have chicago at 13 i have minnesota at 11 uh so two spots Boy, better minnesota at 11 doesn't seem right to me i think minnesota is more like seven yeah i've got them eight because of that defense playing better and better and i've got minnesota at full two points better in my power ratings than the bears but the bears are laying two points more Look at line had Chicago three and a half here. That's right. That one made more sense. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, continue, Brad. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only worry here would be, you know, Stafford last week was sacked 10 times. And now sure. you're facing the pass rush for Chicago and Khalil Mack. Possibly is he what questionable or more yeah. probable this week? That would be my only concern. But from a pure line value aspect, I, you got to like the Lions here. I mean, in a must win spot season on the line, you have to come out with an effort now or the season's over. You know, in a division where nobody's running away with it, you could say Minnesota starting to become that team. If you're ever going to compete for the Lions, it's now or it's never. I think the values with Detroit. I agree. I agree. And I think from what I'm hearing, and again, not hearing from insiders, but rather reading beat writers and such, that Patricia's just clearing house to say, maybe we can make the playoffs, but I want to create a culture first. And for whatever reason, Golden Tate wasn't. Well, he has a history of not being the best locker room guy in Seattle prior. And so it's not a total surprise. Yeah. So in a way, it's like, oh, man, why'd we lose him? And then you add up, though. It's like, okay, we're here with Patricia. Let's go kind of thing. So I think so that was it, Faz. Other than that, like if they had Tate here, you would love the lines. I would. I think it's a great bounce back spot. And also, 
a little pro. So how, how much is Golden Tate worth? Let's say versus <laughs> Sean Lee. I'm oh, no, sorry. I just, <laughs> how much is Golden Tate worth to this line? Seventeen. <laughs> no, I, I mean, listen. Yeah. I, I I'm just saying compared to yeah. Sean Lee. Golden Tate is worth much less than Sean Lee's worth less than half a point. <laughs> so the, you actually have people that are worth less than half a point. Like, how, what is that? He's even? worth about a third of a point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love it. Any closing thoughts? All right, agreement there. Remember, you can green button push any of these. Maybe someone's going to do it to me. Oh, he's got the I, I just couldn't find it. You ah, said green button. I went, you love where is my button? button? Yeah. All right. I'm going with, and I did have the bills. Oh, by the way, I got so many people on Twitter. You were talking about it, Maddie, saying, how in the heck can you bet the bills? And it's like, that's the whole freaking point. And, and I actually have a new concept here. I've never discussed before. World premiere. Buyer's remorse, but I got to come up with a better name. And here's the thing. If you bet on the Chiefs, let's say last week, and somehow, some way they win by four, you're going to say, hey, I had Mahomes. I had Andy Reid. Oh, the Browns got unlucky. And you can find something. The odds that Kansas City was going to lose that game by like 14 were very small. So you were either going to lose or, or win if you bet KC or lose and you could talk yourself into a couple of plays could have swung it. Right. You agree with that Faz? Absolutely. It's a safe bet that you're not going to get blown out. It's not yet yeah, safe. You're not going to get blown out, but also safe where you're not going to feel foolish. Right. You're not because everyone that bets, including us, meaning guys and, and Maddie, you've got tons of connections from your time as a bookmaker. Faz is as connected as any better. I've got connections. I, we won't bet like the Rams line didn't make any sense ultimately on Sunday, but you were frozen, right? Fez, it was like, why did the syndicates bet so much on this? Exactly. And in fact, and for my clients, I went ahead and said strongly in here to go with the the dog, the saints plus two and a half. And why wasn't my biggest bet of the year? Because I was so paralyzed with fear seeing all that money that got bet on the Rams. And what is the fear that they know something that you don't and to me, if you take the average batter, they're going to feel like, I don't know anyone. I don't know any of Maddie's guys or Fez's guys, or I'm listening to you guys. But other than that, you know, I've got my opinions, but there's a ton of things. That, and if you bet the safe bet, even if it loses, you don't hate yourself or you don't feel like you were a fool, a sucker. But if you bet the bills last week, there was a chance you were going to feel like a sucker. And that's why there was value. All right. That's my belief. Now, Matt, you're looking at me kind of like, huh, I don't know. What, like, you don't think that the. From a pure value standpoint, I bought into it because I my power rating said the line. No, and I'm, I don't want to yeah. relitigate that pick sure. rather than do you believe 
betting the toughest spots. The, the well, we said spot. it. Some of the hardest bets to make and some of the best bets you will make are on the ugliest team. Because the average better won't, won't bet do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because. But to your point, you will be heavily embarrassed sometimes and you'll go, yeah, boy, that just that none of what I thought they might do, they did. I take it pride. I, I mean, I love. Lose. I don't want to lose the game, but I have no problem saying that's why we were getting value because it could have went that way. Yeah. And it, right? yeah. So to me, same thing here is I'm going with not exactly the same. It's on Peterman, Seattle. Now, unfortunately, it's plus nine and a half, which are some tens out there. This is the contest line. And Fez, I mean, we've been talking about this game, and I know you like it too. I think the Rams, not only prior to this game, four out of five on the road, but there were some really tough games. In fact, if you don't mind, Brad, can you pull up the Rams last five or six and let's just read? I mean, I don't know the last time. The, oh, you got a fact? Yeah, at, at Seattle, at Denver in altitude, mm-hmm. uh, then at San Francisco. Okay, which was in you know, a fair elite. You know, right? That was the one, like... Um, take a break. Take a break, you know. And then they get one home game and then on the road again last week. Against the, the Packers Saints. and then the Saints. Yeah, so at minimum, Packers, Saints, and now you're at home. It, it feels like a possible, a team that's not used to being a double-digit favorite yet. Those teams tend to let down more, the Rams. And I think Seattle, obviously, and I didn't watch the game. How do we grade the Chargers win last week? Because I know that the Seattle was down there late to tie, right? I mean, you've been on Seattle a good big, Matt. Matt, did you downgrade them significantly? No, and I'll tell you this. And for me, at least a third of the NFL games, I can justify into like three plays. Like the Vikings-Saints game, I go, oh, Adam Thielen fumbles the ball. It would have been a 10-point lead for New Orleans. But instead, it was a 10-point swing. The Saints score, and I can say, okay, that's part of the reason that game happened like that. And part of the and uh, the Chargers last week had three of those plays, including like a third down from their own three-yard line early stuck seven nothing where they flip a little screen pass down and goes to like 38 yard you know they get it to like the 35 yard line get out that drive turns into a touchdown well not to tie the game because their kicker missed yet another extra point and it was seven six but that drive got them rolling and and they had a couple of those plays during the game other than that i think if you took those three plays away i thought the teams were very close to even last week yeah and russell wilson threw a pick six that's right that's what I that's mean. one of them the and then at the end away, that's pretty yeah. much your ball game i doubt yeah. Seattle slightly because I expected Seattle to win the game comfortably. I really like the Seahawks a lot. What did you do, Fess? Yeah, slight downgrade for Seattle, but you know, great point about the pick six. Is Seattle's down nine, and Russell Wilson, who never makes mistakes like this, throws that pick six, and they still almost got to overtime in this game. So you can't downgrade them too much. And you know, going back to the spot here, being absolutely horrific for their opponent, the Rams. They got to be looking ahead to next week. They're playing Kansas City in Mexico City. That is a showdown game. So not only are they tired from all these road games, but they have a look ahead spot coming up and they have not had a bye yet. Seattle had one three weeks ago. That's a great look ahead spot point, by the way. I mean, they're. So they're repeat can. that one more time. Yeah. So the Rams, not only have they played four of the last five in the road, oh, let's come home. This will be a big game, right? Not necessarily because next week they play Kansas City in Mexico City. Distractions for a huge game coming up the following week and then their bye week thinking about vacation after that. And here's a good example of how popular this game is. Twice this year, the big the 
let's just call them the big squarish chain of books inside the city. We won't say use their name, have put up games ahead of time, like more. Hey, they're not playing this week, but we're going to put up two weeks from now ahead of time. That's one's been on the board. The other one was Saints versus Rams. So that goes to show you all year. They've put up two games the entire year that weren't going to be played that week. This is one of them. That goes to show you how big of a look ahead spot it is. The, the Mexico City. The Mexico game. City game next week. Has Seattle had their buy yet? Yep, two weeks ago. Yes, they did. Rams haven't. Okay, buy. Because I think this time of year that starts to matter. Absolutely. Sure. Yep. Rams have also got expensive after that dominant start, 3 and 0 to the season, 1 4 and 1 against the spread. Yeah. All right, Brad, who do you like? Best bet, Seattle here. Similar to the Aaron Rodgers handicap. Russell Wilson, this is his largest underdog role in his career. He's been a dog, you know, between seven and eight points. Nine and a half is his biggest ever. Biggest ever. And he's been a dog between seven and eight points three times. What's Seattle in those three games? Three and oh against the number. And on top of that, obviously not a good spot like we just talked about for the Rams. On top of that, the Rams are expensive, very public team. We live in Vegas. LA's just right down the road. Yeah, I really like the Seahawks a lot here. Okay, and and listen, Brad is known, and 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 I think this is a very positive thing. He likes to play against historic lines, saying all the it's probably too much of an outlier. So even though Faz, you really like Seattle, and 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 uh, I really like Seattle, it could just be a coincidence <laughs> that Brad likes Seattle. What do you think, Manny? It was funny when I started hearing Brad's likes as we started. I said, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I guess you don't need the minus 105 if you have the same games. Yeah, that's right. Look ahead line on this game. Wow. Rams minus eight. Think about this. The undefeated Rams lost by 10 as a favorite last week. Yeah, but that reinforces how the look ahead lines an illiquid market, too. Fair right? enough. Especially around non-key numbers. If it was 10, I think it would be a point. Look, the only thing that scared me from making this my best bet, because I also almost made this my best bet and I get to go second. So I almost stole this from you all was the fact that the Rams are top five in most of the major rushing statistical category, including number one in rush yards per game. And Seattle, as great as their pass defense has played this year, a top third pass defense, their rush defense is essentially in the bottom third. And, you know, yards per rush allowed. In fact, in yards per rush allowed, I think they're 30th or 29th. So. Uh, my only fear was Rams get the lead late by seven or 13 and start pounding the ball against the rush defense. That isn't necessarily uh, the best at stopping the run, but every but other way in this game, it, can't we flip it the other way and say Seattle's running the ball effectively and the Rams rush D is their weaker spot or is that fair? actually, I think the Rams pass defense is their second spot. That secondary has given up as many big plays as any team in the national football league this year. But that goes to the point, And I don't think I heard you say this where, but you were saying it before before the show that you think the Rams defense is the most overrated unit in football. I do uh, compared to what the preseason expectations were and the narrative coming into the season. Oh, they signed Aaron Donald. Oh, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. This defense is going to be the best in the, in the NFC and shut people down. And what we're seeing is, and, and it happens in secondaries all the time where Marcus Peters isn't an elite level corner anymore and he can't stay with guys and Aqib Tlaib has been banged up and in and out. And, uh, you know, Aaron Donald's amazing and they still get sacks, but they don't actually, when they don't get a sack, they give up yards. They give up yards after the catch. And this defense at best as a whole has been average. Yeah. Rams giving up six yards per play, giving up 4.7 yards per rush, both below league averages. Uh, Football Outsiders has their defense ranked 16th, which looks 
mighty generous if you ask me. I agree. Okay, well, if you look at Football Outsiders, they do split, and I'm a big fan of the pass-run split and understanding that the injury, you know, obviously the Rams' D-backs are more injured than they were earlier in the year, but they have pass defense number 12, rush defense for the Rams number 24. So based on that, Rams against the run's a problem. Sure. Statistically, some of their numbers say they're a little better than that against the run and a little worse against the pass. But, um, you know, maybe just from a grading perspective, yeah, yeah. they and, are. And again, that's why there's a lot of different numbers. I'm a full sure. outsiders guy because they at least try to take into account a lot sure. of things. I think other numbers don't. Now, I didn't notice this till now. Dave Esler has his best bet. I don't know who it is even. By the way, Maddie, on Twitter... Somehow we become nemesis, and I like the guy. He's like my fishing buddy or something. And no, 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 no. <laughs> let's be honest. Is uh, let's be honest. Is you and Dave approach handicapping almost in opposite direction? We do. Yeah, we don't. And we, yeah, and coming up here in a couple weeks, right after Thanksgiving, Esler's here. I'm here. And I mean, I was thinking. I'm just going to throw this out that week only. We go a thousand dollars a bet. I'm not saying we have to, but that that might be interesting. I mean, I'm open to it. We'll talk about it. All right, all right, all right. I think it's gonna be great. Let's see who he's on. He makes the least bets every week, Best and he wants this to- week. The Seattle Seahawks plus ten against the Rams. The Rams showed last week they're not invincible. Seattle this year has not lost a game by double digits. Conversely. The Rams in the last six games have only won one by double digits. That was against the 49ers. Seattle's defense, I think when they lost Richard Sherman, then Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, everybody thought they would suck. But they're coming together. Last three games, Seattle has allowed 297 yards per game. Not too shabby. Last three games, Seattle has allowed 14 points per game. Rams, 27. Defensively, you guys know I love my third down stops. Seattle is 7th in the league. Rams, 24th. You guys know I love my turnovers. Seattle, 3rd best in the NFL turnover margin. This line is telling me that the Rams are 13 points better than Seattle on a neutral field. I don't think Seattle is 13 points worse than anyone. I like the Seahawks. That's interesting about the whole double-digit thing. I mean, Seattle, good defense. What do you think, Fed? Oh, I agree with Dave. Yeah. No, you look like your eyes were darting around. It was. It, I, I don't. I don't understand his thirteen point difference. Yeah, it'd be seven. No, no. the Rams are. Home. Oh, yeah. wait a second. So Rams are home. Oh, okay. I think he just did a little wrong math there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, um, so the Rams are home. So if this were in Seattle, it would swing six. If it was neutral, it would swing three. But it would go to seven. Okay. Uh, he obviously misspoke there, but I thought the analysis was right on. The only thing, look, and I, again, I guess if me and Dave are going to be nemesis now, even though I like the guy, <laughs> then I, I got to point out a couple things. I think when you start using sample sizes, and this is something he does that I tend not to do, and I'm not saying it doesn't work or it's ineffective, is, you know, he's saying Seattle last two games, Seattle last three games, oh, Rams last three games did this. The Rams played the Saints and the Packers, and they had a pretty tough load the last three games where Seattle played the Lions and a bye, and then the you know, the chargers at home and 
you know, strength of schedule in a in a three game sample size numbers can be all over the place. So you were saying like when Faz uses yards per play, like in week four, <laughs> <It's> like that. <laughs> you uh, down with YPP? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So by the way, if whatever limits we go with, you know, three three six or whatever, when Dave's here, uh, he'll have to make the five picks like everyone else. Sure. So, okay, guys, best bets. We got three in. Let's recap. Fez. Monday Night Football, New York Giants plus three against what is surely to be a Nick Mullins that will not look as good as he did last week. No need to handicap it. Best bet. Battle of the old NFC North. <laughs> Detroit Lions plus six and a half versus the Chicago Bears. Please never do that again. <laughs> I'll keep it simple. I like Seattle. Started doing my old NFL Films Presents thing. And it was such a bad impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get through. We're almost an hour in. We're going to get through these babies in a half hour. Uh, I tell you, I was going through these notes, and they're in some random order at this point. I apologize, guys. I'm just going to go in whatever order they're in right now. Saints, Bengals, Saints favored by five and a half on the road. Fezzik likes Cincinnati. Brad, you go first. I like Cincinnati here. <laughs> well, I mean, just, just do the home away splits here. Are you kidding me? You wouldn't want to take Cincinnati plus 11 and a half, even at New Orleans. I mean, gimme, gimme, gimme there. And I got a question. New Orleans, how much energy does the Saints have left? Three weeks Speaking ago. Speaking of energy, just had a Coke Zero open up. Go ahead. There you go. Three weeks ago, game at Baltimore, coin flip game right down to the wire. Two weeks ago for the Saints misleading kind of revenge game against Minnesota decided, you know, a couple of, you know, essentially Fez defensive return touchdowns there gave the Saints the win last week. Emotional game. The Saints ended the Rams unbeaten season. I got to question how much they got left in the tank here against a Bengals team fresh off a bye. Give me Cincinnati plus five and a half. Mm. God, I don't want to play the Bengals. Faz, you've been against the Bengals the whole year. I have been, but this is a home run spot with the Bengals off the bye. My only concern, I like the Bengals as well. Brad summarized it greatly. A.J. Green, he's really important to the team. I say he's worth a full point, and that is why it's going to be a good size bet and not a monster bet for me. Mm. What do you think, Matty? I like the Bengals too. I I love this spot for this game. And, you know, when I was had my five picks of for consideration of best bet earlier, this was one of them for certainly because to, to Brad's point, the spot is so favorable here. Uh, and when you look at some of Cincinnati's losses this year at the Panthers now by 10 in a game that was back and forth really tight, they were down three in the fourth quarter. That doesn't look so bad all of a sudden. The one blowout loss they had was to Kansas City. That's certainly forgivable. They lost by a touchdown in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Uh, you know, I, I know they allowed Tampa Bay to come back in that game prior to the bye where they had that great big lead. Tampa Bay came roaring back and, and tied the game on the Fitz Magic comeback. But they were blowing Tampa Bay out. I think the bye helped them because they were really banged up. Uh, the spot heavily favors Bengals. I would only play them. The weather favors them as well. 44 degrees for a dome team in the south heading north. Yeah, we're back to that 44. I mean... I don't understand that. I'd love to do some analysis. Hmm. That's interesting. Fez, my weather guy that you stole, have you talked to him about like 44 degrees is going to matter? He's much more of a wind than a temperature guy. But for some reason, you keep talking about the temperature. Yes. 
What would the line, if the Bengals had lost two more of those coin flips that they easily could have? I mean, is anyone really calling? I guess Tampa Bay is a coin flip at that point when they come back. And right, wasn't what was it? Miami, Atlanta, and then the Miami game. They're trailed three to seventeen in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So if they lose two more of those, this line's what seven and a half? No. Six so if the half. Bengals are if the Six Bengals have half. like two wins on the year, you're saying it goes up a point. Maybe it's seven. Maybe it's seven. Fair enough. What are the coin flips? Miami and Atlanta. Indianapolis in the opener. Yeah, Indianapolis right. in the opener because we were on. There's the three right there. Well, those are the only three. Right? Yeah, they won them all. That's, that's yeah. eight to one or seven. You know, eight for is one. It, wasn't wasn't Carolina kind of a coin flip? That game was seven seven fourteen fourteen twenty one twenty one. They lost by ten, but the Bengals were minus four in turnovers. Well, yeah, we can always go. Yeah, sure. What we're saying yeah, is sure. when you get to the last minute of the game, these are the coin flips I'm talking I think about. no one can argue that this, uh, the Bengals have been more fortunate than not fortunate. Sure. So. Okay. Even, even the logic is so clear. Brad's got a pick on it, but he's yeah. admitting that. I like that. If you can admit the downside and you still like Yeah, it. generally speaking, Cincinnati's overrated. And I mean, I got to get five yeah. likes here and AJ Green's out. So yeah. it's not, that's why it wasn't a best bet and just a like. And, and Fez didn't have a best bet on it, so yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but let's last thing. Let's talk AJ Green. It's not that you think he's one of the three or four best receivers in football, right? It's more that I the, think he's one of the ten best, though. Don't you think he's around yeah, number there's 10? Not ten receivers worth a point? No, probably. Well, so, maybe to Fez, so he's but, worth close to a point, but he's so important to the Bengals. But I think it's because they don't have a lot of other, especially with Eifert out. I, it, they don't have a lot of. So what playmakers do they have? Or Giovanni Bernard, the pass catching running back. Yeah, their number two, his name escaped me. Their number two wide receiver has really emerged. It was supposed to be Ross. He's been a disappointment, but they're, what, what is their number two? The kid out of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, oh my God. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. He's yeah. having a fine season. He's yeah. massively exceeding expectations and he'll probably be a good prop bet in this game to go over. So what's the latest total we've seen on this? 54. Okay. So let's do the math. Let's just say that 50 points are expected. Let's just, so it's going to be 25, 20. So we think the score is going to be 20, 30 to 25 about. Yes. So since he gets 25. Yes. Whew, I might like their team total under. No. What do you mean? That, that Saints defense is overrated. Everyone moves the ball against the Saints. What's your yards per play say? Uh, the Saints are giving up over six yards per play. DVOA has the Saints defense number 28. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Matter right now. I'll accept it. Let's move on. <laughs> You're like Mills Lane. I'll allow it. <laughs> Titans, Patriots, Patriots, six and a half point favorite here. Fez, you like Tennessee. Yeah, it's all about the Patriots. Getting miracle cover seemingly after miracle cover after lucky cover. We we know about the Bills game where they so, got... So which one was lucky? The, the Bills? Go the, ahead. The Bills was ridiculously lucky with the 84 yards. No, I mean, it was a pick six. All right, let's say that. Now, what else? Right. And, but a and, little and, unlucky because they kicked field goals inside the five. Yeah. And the Bills got zeros the last two times they were in the red zone. I think which the, is the Bills. So I want to hear beyond the Bills. Well, I think the Packer game was a misleading final. I know New England won 31-17. RJ, but, they, but you thought the Packers should have been within like the, the spread? Yeah, there was 17-all in the fourth quarter, and the Packers had the ball. Okay, but that's why Belichick's Belichick. Exactly. That's why I hate betting against New England. It seemingly happens every game. So... And this is all going back to your crappy Bears pick. 
that you still want to somehow Another good example of a defensive uh, touchdown, a special teams touchdown, but at some point you say to yourself, you know what? Well, apparently you don't. At some points? It's been 17 years (laughs) at at, at, at some point you don't, and I've said this many a time, don't bet against the genius. You'll get burned even though the stats say you should have covered. And there's only five picks you possibly have. You were forced to make five, and this was one of them. Yes, but I did not. I put it in as a like. And I'm perfectly willing if someone wants to press the green button. <laughs> but I did not bet this one out so of my own pocket. Are you contemplating the Matty? Yeah, I mean, we got to have some action, right? <laughs> and look, I don't love it. I actually landed on Fez's side early. But then I looked at the game a little deeper and I said, look, Belichick 12-5 and five against his former Patriot uh, players or assistants. He tends to be successful against his guys um, when he has to coach against them, and he seems to get up against them. And the other stat that really stood out to me, because I was thinking, look, is it Mariota? Could, could I blame it on his injuries? Why does this Tennessee offense stink so bad? Because it's a bad offense. Well, they have the second highest percentage of plays that are run plays in the entire NFL, but yet they're ranked 29th in the league in yards per rush. So they run the ball all the time, but they don't do it very effectively, averaging less than four point yards per rush. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll take you know, the other side. I'm thinking about doing it too. And you know why? It's because here's the thing about Belichick, and I've never said this before, but I think it's true. If you are multiple against him, meaning you can run and pass, or on defense, you can start the run and start the. No, I'm not saying great in both because you'd be a great team. The Patriots have trouble exploiting you. If you're one dimensional, the I mean, you've seen many times that team that a Patriots defense isn't all that good, but when they're against a one dimensional offense, they just shut them down. Belichick can shut down, and I mean, can Tennessee throw? Where's Tennessee throwing right now? So they're passing. Uh, let's look at the Tennessee passing stats here. Pass. Uh, completion percentage 17th, yards per pass 28th, passing yards per game 31st. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. But really. I would make the case. This is an example. I, the king to the stats, that the stats but are, the, are the misleading. The king to the stats? Where I look at the stats and I follow. That doesn't mean you're the king. You're the slave. The slave to the stats. <laughs> the, stats the stats are wrong on Tennessee. Let's think about this team. So Mario, Why are they wrong? Because Mariota got hurt. So I do agree there was some injury. Gabbard had to play a couple games, and then Mariota had nerve damage to his elbow. He could not feel his wrist. He had to wear a glove on his hand just to grip the ball. So I think looking at all those crappy passing stats is making Tennessee's offense look a whole lot worse now. There's a whole lot better now than they were at any point during the season. I still don't know. I mean, they scored 19 points against the Chargers. They scored zero points against the Ravens. I mean, they did have a big breakout last night against the uh, Monday against the Cowboys. Yeah, that number three Cowboys defense. It's the first time Mariota's <laughs> been healthy all year long. He came off the bye week. He wasn't healthy in any of those other games, including the London game against the Chargers. So speaking of that, Fez, on Straight Out of Vegas, you said on Monday the Cowboys had the third best defense in football. Do you want to uh, reconsider? Yes, I would like to reconsider. Where do you have them? The Cowboys are a worry borderline top 10 defense. And now that Sean Lee is hurt again, they are a middling middle of the road defense. They're above average. That's above average defense. Even without Sean Lee? Yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The next governor of Texas? (laughs) 
All right. Pregame.com stats and information. Well, actually, Mackie did a little research here. Um, you might not like this, Maddie. Patriots. So we looked at all Belichick's assistants. If they coach on the Browns, they coach on the Patriots. We split it up. Pats, you're right, 11 and 5, but against the spread, 8 and 7. And oh, by the way, Brown's former assistants, 3 and 4 straight out, 4 and 3 against the spread. So nothing's jumping out of like all making statements, but small sample. But what it does show, too, is that he's not taking empathy because let's say that no, the I Patriots that, yeah. are probably a vast favorite. He doesn't appear to be taking empathy on his former assistants and, and you know, no, that's a good games point, off. especially his bigger favorites. Let's see when they, they've been real big favorites. So 13 and a half here. He lost against the spread. 20 and a half. He lost against the spread. Oh, this is interesting. 10 and a half. He lost against the spread. 15 and a half. He won. So he's one in three. Laying double digits, which isn't here, but it speaks to the, the big spread. Yeah. Empathetic. Hey, we don't have to blow you out. Yeah. I'm going to pass because more I think about this, I lean Patriots for sure. I'm not going to bet it against Fez. And here's why this line would be 13 and a half then. Right. So, or 12 and a half. I mean, that, 12 they and were half. six and a half point dogs to Dallas, Tennessee. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But that same Patriots are what six points better because the homes. That, that seems very feasible to me that the no, Patriots I, but are. But the a Titans obviously better. get upgraded off that performance, right? I mean, what a point, point and a half. Ed? Yeah, point. I got the Titans rated right in the middle of the league right now. Yeah. So should the Patriots? That's fair. So let's think about that. Who who's the thirtieth uh, team? Like, read me. It's the Bills. And go ahead, give me the worst teams. My my thirty one is Oakland. All right. Agreed. Who's thirty? Cleveland. All right, who's 29? Arizona. You think Cle- So uh, you would have Cleveland as a dog against Arizona. I would. It's real close. So hold on. Mine is 32 Buffalo, 31 Oakland, 30 Arizona, 29 San Fran. All right, who's 28? Uh, Miami on me. All right, there's a good one. I mean, that's a team you could see playing decently, right? I mean, in a given spot. Miami at home... Or on the road against New England right now is what, 13 or 14? At least. Yeah, 13 and a half. All right. This is saying if Tennessee were in New England, it'd be 12 and a half. And Tennessee is how many points better in Miami? They're a good five points better. Ooh. Yeah, there's something wrong with this line. Mm. That's why you're not going to press the green button? Uh, I don't. I There is no way. I mean, we can't prove it out, so there's no button, but... Tennessee is not five points better than Miami. Well, you have Miami 4.2 worse than an average team, and you got Tennessee as an average team. I have Miami as, yeah, minus 4.2 worse than an average team. And you want to buy out of this? And man? I have Tennessee at minus 1.6 worse than an average team. But maybe I have Tennessee worse than you. I have them at 21. 20 is Washington, 22 is in. But again, this is fast, I think, because you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but your power ratings are looking more at season. You're not, it's more statistical than your gut this week. Yes. Right? And, and I tend and not to, to move the stats being wrong. Yeah. The Mariota being healthy. Finally. And this is what's great. Literally. That's what this bet comes down to is Fez is saying based on today, I don't think the season stats are applicable. You think they are. That's the bet. Sure. That's instructive. Mm, strong. I'm, I'm passing <laughs> next game. 
The Browns. So, Fez, I'm confused. If you got the Browns worse in Arizona, but somehow you were we were you forced us to lay one and a half with the 49ers. Oh wait, what were we laying? Almost three, what were we laying ultimately? The contest is one and at a half. Arizona. Okay, we were laying. So you're saying San Fran with Bather would be laying like two or three at Cleveland. Things have changed, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dynamic, and that's model. why my rankings tend not to do week to week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you let me bet? Because, Faz, be honest. Friday night. Now you. Now, by the way, guys, Faz had for the first time I've ever seen him have his third drink. It it got a little scary. I mean, he was screaming. He was bragging. He was talking about <laughs> women. Woo! <laughs> it, it, it really. <laughs> it, it really was. Well, let me just say it like this. I don't mind telling you, I was wearing these $600 custom-made lizard shoes and this $13,000 Rolex when it happened. (laughs) Perfect drop. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) I mean, he was going wild. And I said, I want, let's go crazy and go with Kansas City for the fifth pick. He's like, no, no, the market moved point two points. <laughs> you lost your mind. Hey, what the, pity, the pity. pros are going to come in and take eight and a half, RJ. You want to take, you want to lay eight and a half? That line could close as low as seven. You've lost it. But I'm confused. You think the, do you really think if Kansas City, well, we got Kansas City playing Arizona this week. It's 17. So you do a, yeah. think about that. You do a flip. It's 11. If it was in Arizona, I thought Tyreek Hill wasn't going to play. No. Okay. But what I'm saying is the fact right now you're saying Arizona is better than Cleveland. You got to love Arizona this week. Yeah. I think you got to bet Arizona this week. (laughs) It seems like you, because really what we're saying is if this game were in Arizona, it'd be 11, right? And we'd better, we'd bet Arizona plus 11. I don't know about that, but, (laughs) but, but somehow the Browns were seven and a half. So the market's saying the Browns are like, what, uh, four or, let me think, three and a half points. They were. Better than Arizona. Oh, but there's been some big adjustment since. I expected a big bump. You know, part of this is basic strategy. When you're betting on sports. What does that mean? Basic strategy is when you have a no-brainer thing that you do. When When a team fires their coach, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball, whether it's NFL, your first look is always to bet on that team. It's been a very profitable subset. I I actually agree with that one. You nat I always naturally do it. I ignore the other factors in the game and tend to lean toward that factor. Say that factor one more time. When a team fires their coach, you oh. on the team. However, to your credit, you mentioned Fez, Fezzy Wezzy. You, you said <laughs> they didn't just fire their coach, who's offensive minded. They fired their offensive coordinator, who's also offensive minded. Who's going to call? But the Freddie plays? Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knew the name, so he was like Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> All right.
Speaking of the Browns, foul- it wasn't all their offense's game in that fault. They actually moved the ball a little. I mean, that defense just... They Greg Williams isn't stop. even an average. He's a below average yeah. defense quarter. How they do you think never you can average stop. the defense and the whole team now as a head yeah, coach? Exactly. But Fez wouldn't let me do it. He was drunk and he can bench over 200. I did. So I was drunk. I was drunk, but I didn't walk around. Let me disclose, <laughs> in case Ken's listening, a good 90 minutes trying to put in parlay cards on the strip before I went ahead and... Hit the car. Couldn't you? I mean, that's like a nightmare of a teller, a drunk Fez coming up trying to slip in the correlated parlays with off numbers. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. We know that. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, Falcons favored by five at the Browns. Boy, the Falcons are getting some up. Boy, this feels like the way. I just don't know if I trust this Brown staff yet. Let me see here. Lean, lean. Why don't you start, Matty Holt? <sighs> Tough one here. I think you have to lean Browns. Uh and it's four. So the super contest is four. The market's four. So Brown's catching four at home uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, by the way, so just to be clear, and I'm looking pregame.com right now, uh, five dimes, four and a half. Let's look at I don't Vegas. see a five in the world. Uh, Caesars are five. And stations are four and a half. And Coast are five. So there's two of them within 10 minutes from here. <laughs> no <way. laughs> I mean, I don't know about the world. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I but, do see one now. What? <laughs> but all that said, let's call it four and a half. Sure. Okay. Uh, I still think you have to leave Cleveland. Whether it's four, four and a half, four or five, I still think Cleveland's the right side in this spot, probably. You know, Atlanta coming off a big play, come, I mean, a big game coming off the bye. But this feels like a spot where the Browns are supposed to get their legs under them a bit. You know, they're supposed to build this offense, uh, you know, a, uh, with an extra week of preparation with the new coordinators. And it, it certainly historically has been a flat spot for Atlanta coming up from the warm weather to play in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, it's only a slight lean yeah. to me, though. Yeah, lean to Cleveland all about, I think, you want to fade Atlanta. The narrative out there is, oh, they had their problems and they fixed it. Atlanta's won three in a row. Well, how impressive is this winning streak, really? They beat the Giants. Yeah, they, they won, even though we got lucky and covered, they won convincingly. They beat Tampa Bay at home, and they had one very impressive game. They crushed the Redskins at Washington, but I watched that whole game. I was live betting that game, in fact, and they were carting off Redskin offensive linemen yeah. off the field, and I, we, I, I remember as I was betting, we were like, oh my God, Atlanta's going to kill them. They got no one left to block. It's a good point. In, in that Tampa Bay game, remember, I bet the Falcons. They very easily could have lost that yeah. game, and definitely shouldn't have covered. So you're t- let's do the flip again. You're saying Falcons are 11 at home against mm. the Browns. Which implies, and Tampa was three at Atlanta. So you're saying Tampa's eight point eight points better than the Browns? It seems like a little bit of an overreaction. And it really, I thought last week, felt like people were down on Atlanta a little bit, you know, where I, I wanted to be on them. Now I feel like they've overreacted to Atlanta. 
but Atlanta's always been one of those teams that had a really sexy YPP, and because of that, uh, I think it's easier to get on, easier to back them. Very sexy YPP on offense. Yes, that's what I mean. Their offensive YPP numbers have always been so attractive that it's, you know, even after a couple bad ones, they have one good game, and it's easier for the bandwagon to come back on and say, see, look at this YPP. And also, or not also, but otherwise, I mean, there are four and a half is very common. And the fact that Super Contest has this at four is saying they're expecting, they're taking a little bit of a position on the Browns. I'll say this, this game's so close to where the number should be. If this line was three, I'd lean Atlanta. I'll tell you this. I, I know that his numbers aren't great, but we had Tampa... Remember? Oh, I forget. Tam, wasn't it? It was Tampa at home minus three against the Browns, right? Yeah, we bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it tied mm-hmm. and pushed. Wow. So we're saying the Browns have been downgraded and Atlanta upgraded eight points in the last two weeks. Some of it's overreaction. To Fez's point, Atlanta played its best game of the season last week. They whipped Washington. Yeah, but, but like you said, Fez, I think that's a faulty final. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't have won. But I'm saying it, it, it. if you come in kind of banged up and you lose multiple offensive linemen, you're in trouble. Yeah, I agree. But uh, we all have to agree is their most impressive looking performance. What's the total in this game? 50, I think. 50 and a half. Let me ask you this. I think most people agree uh, Taylor, Tyrod Taylor and Mayfield probably now looking at Mayfield after more than a few games. Not that much difference, right? I've got it as zero adjustment right okay. now. Okay. Interesting. Taylor doesn't bring them back against the Bucks. There is something, and I heard an interview on The Herd today with Hugh Jackson was on. He said one of the things we needed was a super confident guy to say, hey, we're mired with this history of the Browns losing, but but Baker's personality is bigger than that history. I do think this is, uh, you know, if, if the Browns do fall behind by 14, Mayfield is the type that could bring him back. I don't think that Taylor or even an average quarterback comes back against Tampa like that. There is a personality to him on the, like his will, Baker Mayfield's will on the field matters, I think. I agree strongly. And of course, some naysayers will say, wait a minute, week one against the Steelers, Taylor brought Cleveland back. But that was more about just weird circumstances in that week one game, right? Yeah, and and I'm not saying he could never do it. I'm just saying it just feels like this team believes in itself a little more. So the only thing that keeps you off the And they were fighting last week against Kansas City. Look, they never got back within the number once they were getting smoked, but they scored again in the fourth quarter and they were fighting. Yeah, I think you're onto something here, RJ. I mean, let's look at Mayfield's history. Walk on. No one recruited on him. Recruited him coming out of college. He's a walk on at Texas Tech. Starts immediately for the Red Raiders. Then he goes and walks on at a second program with a chip on his shoulder at Oklahoma. Ends up being the Heisman winner. So th- th- there is no quit in Baker Mayfield. Only thing, no buy yet. And, and we've mm. been talking all year. Yeah. And I've seen that in Brad's notes. It reminds me, you know, obviously all the overtimes, all the close games. And now the emotional tumult of that coaching change. And a lot of personnel changes, too. You know, Carlos Hyde and the running backs and some receiver changes with Gordon going. For for a team, actually, this is a lot of personnel changes in a season to go along with the coaching changes. I'm actually now hoping the Falcons win by 21, a little fluky, and then the Falcons will be way overpriced next week. Mm, I like the way you're thinking that defense (laughs) is not going to get healthy the whole year. Speaking of this game, last thing, 
Maddie Holt's nemesis, Dave Esler, has an opinion. Cleveland, Atlanta. You know, I think Cleveland gets instantly upgraded without Hugh Jackson. And this is a Browns team that betters loved early in the season. Now, not so much. Maybe the pendulum has swung too far the other way. You got Baker Mayfield's last three games, six TDs, only two picks. Look at who Cleveland has played the last four, the last five games, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. Look at who Atlanta's played. They look pretty good last week, but I think they just caught Washington at the right time. Before that, two home games against the Giants and the Bucks, they barely squeaked by. I have never liked Atlanta outside of that dome on grass. It takes away their speed. In Cleveland Sunday, chilly and windy. Falcons are actually allowing more points per game and next to last in opponents' third down conversions. I'm not worried about Bruce Bruce Irvin yet. Falcons are 0-2 in non-conference games, 2-9 in non-conference games against the spread the last three years. I think that gets to 2-10 when they play a close game with the Browns in Cleveland. You know, back in the day, you know, the Mark Lawrence kind of annuals in the early 90s or whatever, uh, surface was a big thing on turf. On, I know even the grass fields now mostly are almost like turf. Isn't Cleveland a, a, an exception? How would you characterize their field? Yeah, I would say it's as far as their surface, bottom 10 in the league. Pittsburgh's one of them, bottom yeah. 10 in the league. So, Oakland. is this a case oh. where we, that the surface matters? I kind of feel like it is. It could. Yeah. Huh. That Falcons offense didn't look good on the Heinz Field surface earlier this That's year. That's a good point. Again, I don't know about the weather, though, in this game. I and mean, we talk about what is actually cold. You know, uh, this one, again, between 38 and 40 degrees. The surface, yeah, right? the surface, mate. And we, and remember, that one of the reasons I liked Washington, Atlanta had, was, had what, five out of seven home games, I think, before last week? So even though they were losing... And barely winning some games, it was almost all at home. And that's why their offense looks so dynamite in the stats because they're so good at dome in that dome on offense. All right, next game. The Raiders. Uh, let's try. The Raiders. <laughs> Chargers. Right now in the Super Contest, Chargers nine and a half. Fez, you like the Raiders. God, I don't want to, RJ. It's- hey, no, no remorse, baby. You know... Basic strategy, I've been talking about it quite a bit today, but when I see a team get crushed in primetime, be called out as quitting on the team, uh, the players quitting on the team, losing 3-34 to to the 49ers, and now they've had an extended time to think about that butt kicking. More often than not, when no one wants to bet a team like that and they say they're a dead team, they show up and play a good game. And as long as the Raiders bring effort, there's got to be value here. Catching 10 at home. I got a quick question real quick. But be specific. Super contest is nine and a half. There's tens out there. Go ahead. Real quick. Look, I don't overanalyze power ratings all the time, but I I talk to people about theirs and just kind of run by them on a few things. The Chargers, to me, have been the biggest variance I've gotten in where people have them placed the last two weeks. And maybe I'm way high on the Chargers, but I have the L.A. Chargers right now. 2.9 points better than an average football team. Number seven in the NFL. Where do you got the Chargers? I've got them number six in the NFL. Oh, so okay. Because I've seen people as low as like 11, 10, 11, 12. I had them seven. I was interested. So you actually have them even higher than I do. I do. One spot. Wow. I mean, 
the narrative is, oh, they've only lost the Rams. They've only lost the Chiefs. But that's a quiet number six. I mean, six. Yeah, but to me, before last week, their best win was against Tennessee, and it wasn't even close if you look at their wins. Yeah, take a yeah. look as I'm talking. It's not even close. It was their best win. They're almost like a college team, RJ, where they basically played like Alabama and Clemson and a whole bunch of cupcakes. Yeah, but they lost against the two good teams. Right. Go ahead. Read it, Manny. So they lost their opener to Kansas City. Yeah, we know. And they won at Buffalo. Okay. They lost at LA Rams. Okay. They won at home versus the Niners. Okay. Home versus the Raiders. Mm-hmm. At Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Home versus tennis. Well, oh, yeah, in London. In London versus Tennessee and on the road at Seattle. And that's my point. Before that, it was Tennessee and not even close. And then you go into Seattle and win. And I know you're saying it was a coin flip, but even a coin flip surprised me. Well, the at Cleveland at the time was a coin flip. If you remember that game closed like minus one. But obviously it was the wrong line. Sure. But right. at Cleveland, it was minus one and they beat them by whatever. 20 points. Fez, one of the things we haven't talked about a lot lately, and Maddie's got great insight too. Let's start with you. The market tells you sometimes with the late moves, hey, we really think the uh, the general market, so let's say this, the syndicates, the biggest batters will say, we think the market's wrong on this team. The fact, what did the Chargers close against Seattle? Chargers were the, I think, one and a half point favorite. Yeah. So in Seattle, with a Seattle team that... One and a half point favorites or one and a half point dogs? No, favorites. That's what I'm saying. They were dog earlier in the week. Yeah, it opened up, what, like one and a half, right? And it closed one and a half the other way. Right. So my point is, the the syndicates are saying, we like the Chargers. Yeah, and the syndicates like the Chargers because you look at the underlying statistics behind this team, and they're in love with the great stats the Chargers team has. Yeah, way too simple. Way You think they're looking at yards per play and no one else can figure that they're out? They're looking at all the stats. Oh. But then what other stats are they so good at? What's what's football outsiders got the Chargers? Where, where did where did the Chargers close one and a half? Because I just pulled up like Westgate Hill, the local books, and they're all Seattle one. And I don't ever see I, I I think maybe you're mistaken. I think it closed Seattle one. It's possible like in the last hour, maybe yeah. it came in on Seattle. Maybe I'll tell I'm you that yeah, I didn't look, especially it was a late start. I would say this. One, I don't ever see where were they ever name me one book in Nevada where the charges oh. were ever minus one and a half. Well, I stopped tracking after the morning game. Just any one book. Just give me one book where uh, so, on Sunday so hold, they were minus one hold, and a half. Hold on a second. I'm gonna go to the game center and pull up our stuff. As we're talking, let's not get bogged down though, because obviously this isn't great. You yeah, know, it's a three point. I just want. I no, no, I'm, I'm saying, difference. I'm saying that let's verify your point, but let's not yeah, slow sure. the whole thing down. So, Brad, what's your take? Uh, well, Chargers number five in DVOA, so uh, wow. they definitely consider the Chargers to be an elite team. Fazic, pure power rating, dude, just doing your differences, giving Oakland home field advantage. I mean, you got Chargers 12 here. I'm right? anxious to see, well, you know, the discrepancy there. I get your whole point as far as Oakland off a blowout win, max effort here. Uh, I will say this, uh, laying double digits on the road, obviously not an attractive since 1989. If you blindly back double digit road favorites in the NFL, you're hitting 43% long term loser. So the Raiders, what's our thoughts on their motivation? And since you like it, as you start. Like I said, when a team is called out as quitting and the eye test says it looks like they aren't putting forth full effort, 
typically that's the time to back a team because it's still the NFL. It's still the middle of the year. It's so rare that you just have a dead team that's quit on their coach and the like. And I just don't believe that the Raiders here early in November are going to be that case. By the way, the coast had a minus one <laughs> at on 11, four at nine fifty eight. So let's agree with the following is in general, we were at pick them about one o'clock and uh, Eastern on Sunday, and it moved to Seattle one. So okay, Maddie's sure. more right, right about that. I don't know in my mind. I saw a bunch of times I glanced and saw the Chargers favored. Like I, Westgate, they were never. Yeah. And there's a few where they you were know, never believe, favored. That's yeah. what I'm saying. In my mind, that's what I saw. I don't know why. the number, I mean, you're yeah. more right. Even so, let's call it. Even Seattle won. Let's just call a pick them and yeah. then Seattle won late. Yeah. Yep. But what I'm saying is that's a I mean, Seattle's home field is four, four and a half in that spot. It's not four and a half, but it's at least four. four. I mean, so they're saying the Chargers are much better than Seattle. Yeah. And they won. I was surprised. I like, and you, you know, Brad, you were talking about, it. you loved it. Yeah. I love Seattle. That was one of my best bets of the week. Yeah. I, I think Gruden is the one person who's safe and, we were talking about Bruce Irvin earlier. I think that cut tells the whole team no one is safe. Play hard or get the heck out of here. That to me is very positive with the Raiders. You like the Raiders? Well, I had to have five likes. Yeah. And the Raiders made the top five cut, but this is not, again, a bet that I've made. And let me caveat. At nine and a half, we're using the Westgate. Yeah, and let me caveat this also. Remember, reminder, it's really important. Favorites of three points or more went 6-0 straight up and against the spread last week. So what does that mean? The recreational bettors have money lining their pockets. Yeah. So you're going to get a whole lot more public money on favorites this week than you did any other time of the season. So you're probably going to see some line inflation of the favorites. Come game day. Yes. So you're saying if you do like the Raiders, then wait. I think so. At nine and a half. That is such a good point. It's not only they're being affirmed, right? It's like, imagine if you eat cheesecake and lose weight. What are you going to do? You're going to eat cheesecake again, right? And number two, they got more money to bet with. And Maddie, you were watching more money come in in the last 10 years or seven years than probably anyone in Nevada at CG. Do you agree with that? When there was those monster good weeks for the recreational batters, they'd come in on the favorites again and with more more money. Yes, but a lot of it especially had to do with the Monday night football. When the week was good and then Monday night football went really bad, it wasn't as good as you would think going into the next week. When the week was good and that included a great Monday night football, yes, very much extremely. This week, of course, the popular Monday night football team, the Dallas Cowboys, not only didn't cover the spread but lost the game outright. So the momentum factor yeah, a but, little bit came back Monday but, night. But but uh, Jay, Trust me, that Jay, Monday night saved a lot of bucks. Jay Rude, uh, 25 years in the business, said this was one of the 10 worst Sundays he had ever seen. So maybe in talking and dealing with everyone for integrity monitoring, I can say that it was really bad. But all those uh, parlays and money line parlays and everything that compile throughout the weekend, Dallas winning uh, would have been a worse result. All right. So you're going to press the button on him? Well, at nine and a half. I mean, I don't want That's it. The, no, the, that we go yeah. against this. The yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, at the end of the day, I I actually, this was a dead push game for me. I didn't want anything to do with it. It was a pass game. Nine and a half is pretty much market. I mean, you can shop it out there for better, but. Yeah, sure. I mean, right now. I actually thought Fez may land on the other one to Brad's points because the, you know, his natural power ratings in this game. And this is a YPP heaven game here (laughs) as the LA Chargers, number two in the National Football League, seven yards per play. I agree with you that the schedule has been soft for that seven yards per play, but that's pretty impressive. And now that Melvin Gordon's finally back and healthy, we saw that this offense has weapons. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, that receiving core might be the best Phillip Rivers has ever had in his entire career right now. Brad, you actually leaned on the Chargers minus 10, which surprises me. Yeah, because what, you let's green see. in? No, hell no. Wow. I, I, well, I said it's a longtime loser, double digit road well, favorites. Hold on a second. If you're willing to lay 10, yeah. You won't lay nine and a half with no vig? Mm, no. That's not what this show is about. All right, give me it. Ah. I need one of them. <laughs> oh, because don't throw that green button. Because <laughs> you're getting, you know, Maddie love. I mean, he was. Just, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> may, may have to tease, tease me some chargers yeah. down to two and a half. <laughs> now, Maddie, you, have you ever read Dostoevsky's The Gambler? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Crime and Punishment? Brothers Casimo? No. Okay. But there's a great, I mean, it's a great, it's a, a novella, I guess, you know, 120 pages, but there's a great part of it. And actually James Kahn and the Gambler. Uh, I guess I've seen the original Gambler several oh, times. Great. It's actually really based on that Dostoevsky book. And there's this idea of the Gambler knows, and this is roulette, this is things that aren't skill. That the world, it's almost like a analogy that the world's against them. All roads end at the grave kind of thing, right? You know, there's the tragedy of life and the idea you're going to look at it and spit in its face and say, Oh, you got a five and a half point edge. Screw you. But you know, almost like with the minus one Oh five, yeah. <laughs> take that rat Grady <laughs> for the break. And you've got some of that in you. You like to like, not be told what they, if they tell you the book says this, you want a bucket. Is that true? Sure. Got sometimes, but I feel like on this one, no, I'm on I, the I, side I, of, I'm, yeah, I'm leaning. I am. All, I, yes, I am that guy to period, trying yes. to get an extra half point here is if yes. you want a little more action, I'll go with the, the Raiders, but I would need 10. But really, you can look in the eye of saying 10, nine and a half. No, no, this wasn't even a like for me. Okay. I just got so a best you're number against no, RJ, I'm scared. No. <laughs> All right, Fez, last thought. My favorite line in that movie was when James Conn owed 50000 and he's he's settling up, and he's like, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little short. And the other guy says, how much you got? Conn says, 15. And the guy's like, 15000 that's it? And Conn goes, 1500 <laughs> You know what's great? I mean, when I was a kid, I, I mean, listen, if you haven't seen The Gambler, and again, uh, you know, I actually liked the Wahlberg version as in it was a very ambitious, but I, you know, I love the original, but to me, the, how do I want to explain this? It was so gritty. Like it, it and again, the, the, the guy who directed it, it's a fairly famous director. Um, but when I was a kid, I loved when he had the lake, he needed a winner. You remember that? And he went to one of the bookies he was kind of friends with. And he said, bet the Lakers, it's going to be off the board in a couple hours. 
and he's in the movie theater and he not the one with the sky hook or whatever when he's in the bathtub, which is a famous scene. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't the Lakers, but it was bet this team. It's going to be off the board. And then like three hours later, the two best stars are out. And this is, I think the movie was 73. So when I was a kid, I'm like, man, when I get to Vegas, I'm going to know people that's going to know that, you know, ahead of time that this guy's going to be sitting. I can lay four. Now it's going to be nine later. Yeah. <laughs> but that bathtub scene is one of the most yeah. iconic scenes in terms of the, every gambler's been there where it's like, he's got three to make two and, and it's off the back room. And like, like, and he's just cussing away. <laughs> Great movie. Have you seen it, Brad? I've not seen the original. Oh, I'm not sure you can come on the pod. So you can't do All right. I'll, it's, it's worth seeing. All right. Worth seeing. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Oh, Sunday night. Eagles Cowboys right now at the Super Contest. Eagles six and a half. I'm seeing sevens out there. Fez, you like Philly. Yeah. I, you like the, I mean, against the third best defense. <laughs> two teams going in opposite directions. The Eagles are easy. That offense just keeps getting better. It started out, it was awful in September. Foles was bad for two games. And then Wentz gets rushed back. He was awful. Five and a half yards per pass attempt in September. Steady improvement for Wentz. Now he has more weapons. His wide receivers are healthy. So I expect the Eagles to continue to improve. And frankly, the Cowboys going in the opposite direction. Distractions now about is their coach going to make it through the entire year? Is Dak the right quarterback? And of course, Sean Lee is now injured at middle linebacker. A lot to like about the Eagles, I think. Bet the Eagles minus six and a half, good or minus even minus seven, and a good teaser if you miss the minus six and a half to tease the Eagles just to win. Boy, the more I look at this, the super contest is six and a half. We're going to be looking at the Eagles, I think, unless the market changes. Now, I got to be honest with you. This is, uh, holy cow. I mean, if you really think about it, how many times, Fezzan, just tell me if you can remember. How many times has Brad had a like on a favorite? This is his fourth time. So four times five is 20. 20 picks, but 15 prior. How many times has he had a a like on a favorite? Over under two. Yeah, I think maybe zero. You remember, Brad? Yeah, probably one, maybe. Okay. So, Fez, you really, I would say five picks a week on here, you're probably on a favorite less than one and a half times a week, right? Yeah, I think probably like 23%. Yeah. So you like... Eagles. Eagles. Brad? Yeah, I like the Eagles. Hmm. Go ahead. No, what? Well, I'll play into it. What Fez said. <laughs> no, I mean, I also, I mean, you talk about you know, acquisitions, Golden Tate, to me, is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. Had a bye week to get him integrated in the offense. And what has Philadelphia needed? They've had cluster injuries at wide receiver. By far, their leading receiver, not a wide receiver, a tight end. And Zach Ertz, you're giving Carson Wentz, who's playing better, another weapon. But Again, you're saying there's never been a favor that you could say some of the same thing about in all these weeks? Yeah, I'm off. Look, I'm a little surprised he's on the Eagles, to be honest with you. He was so high on the Cowboys' defense. I'm very surprised you're on the Eagles. No. (laughs) Eagles all the way. So, really, I don't get your handicap is Golden Tate? No, I mean, again, Eagles fresh off a bye. Let's slow down and let you do it. 
Eagles fresh off a bye, trending up, like Fez said, Cowboys short week, traveling, a revenge game for the Eagles, lost at home last year to the Cowboys. Yeah, I like Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Maddie, what do you think? I have a slight lean to Philly in this game. And, you know, I don't like playing defensive teams that can't score the football in 2018 NFL. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Six of eight games this season, 20 points or less scored for the Dallas Cowboys. 12 of their last 16 games, 20 points or less scored for the Dallas Cowboys. I certainly don't like that. But I've been burned in similar spots, not that, you know, unrecently by the Philadelphia Eagles and their inability to score the football this year. And I don't know what's wrong with their offense, but when you start going down their offensive statistics, they're just not very good, whether it's yards per play, whether it's points per game, whether it's yards per pass, everything. It's just, I can't figure, maybe this will help them with the Golden Tate, but but they just haven't been able to be very effective on offense this year. And for that reason, I'm a little hesitant to lay this big of a number but it's certainly fillier pass for me. Okay, Fez, you've got your uh, prop best bet on this game. Now, is this your second best bet? It is. You know, I'm so out of order, but I can't miss my girl. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. We're going to go prop bet. We are going to go Aguilar, the wide receiver for the Eagles, under five receptions. He's been averaging just over five receptions year to date. Aguilar likes to run his plays, his routes out of the slot. Well, Golden Tate likes to run his plays out of the slot, and I'm a firm believer, and we cashed on Monday Night Football when we played Cooper over. Whenever a team acquires a new wide receiver or a new player, skill position player, they always script a few plays, especially early, to get them some more targets, some more touches to show the fans this is a great acquisition. So Aguilar is going to get less touches because of that. Now, I saw some feedback on Twitter that, a couple of your recent props, again, we're taping Wednesday. Props aren't out yet. We put a buy price. You've been off on the buy price. All that means is don't play it. Is that, is yeah. that fair to say, Fest? Yeah, absolutely. So the Denver- I think this is going to be one as well. And I'm, I look, I think you're really good at these. I've lost every time I go against you in them. But I also believe that in making these prop numbers at CG, the guy creating them for a long time, I know that star receivers get a five in a game and everyone knows they just got golden Tate and there's going to be an automatic downgrade. And I think five's really ambitious. So do I, you not play the four and a half? I think it's play, not four and a half. It's four or less. I would play for under no, but four. Let's get a, let's okay. get the, cause by definition, the buy price is this is the last penny. I'll buy it at a thousand bucks. I don't buy it at a thousand and one. You know, under like four and a half minus a dollar 25 is your okay. buy price. All right. So if it's four and a half under minus one thirty, no, under four, no. Correct. Okay. All right. It's fair. Anything else? No. Maddie or uh, Brad, you want to add a, no. best bet, a prop best bet? No. I don't have one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I tell you this. That Philly is curious. It is. Next game, Jags, Colt. But how would he do it? Again, I think you know that 7-Eleven guy Fez gives his full card to every week. Yeah, I text him. <laughs> Do you really? No. The guy said, <laughs> oh, jeez. Colts favored by three against the Jags. My, oh, my. Matty, you like this one. Yeah, yeah, I do. Look, and 
I was one of the first guys to jump at, off the Jacksonville Jaguars bandwagon early in the season because I said there's a fundamental issue with this problem. They are a run-first, front-runner team where they play. They get out in front of you. They play really great defense. They pound the football and take advantage of your mistakes. And, of course, that kind of game plan went awry for them early in the year with Leonard Fournette getting hurt, TJ Yeldon behind him being hurt. Their wide receivers came out of the gate hurt this year, including Marquise Lee. So a lot of problems and then schematically their team their super physical defense doesn't necessarily fit the rules changes in 2018 NFL so I thought they had to make some changes and I thought they were overvalued 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 even they went even though they went through a stretch where they only scored single digit points in three out of five games this buy couldn't come at a better time for a team in the Jacksonville Jaguars we still have to remember from a pure roster standpoint, this is still a top five defense in the National Football League. Yeldon's going to be back now. They've had a, you know, a bye week to catch their breath, kind of revamp that offense to, hey, this is who we need to be. Uh, I feel like four or five weeks ago, this line would have been Jacksonville three. And now all of a sudden I'm catching three. I'm going to go ahead and take the points here that say the Jags get back on track and handle the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. Boy, this is a classic value bet, right? That last yep. cigar, uh, Warren Buffett style, that last draw off the cigar you find in the gutter. Look at this ATS margin down uh, minus 13 against the Chiefs, minus 35 against the Cowboys, minus 17 against the Texans, uh, and minus three, two and a half against the Eagles. But I think you're right about the buy. And I mean, you got Coughlin still involved. I mean, it just feels like this team's not going to totally give up. This roster still well put together. Yeah. Fez. Yeah, I lean to Jacksonville. Probably going to get the dead cat bounce here off of the four straight games that they haven't covered. And maybe you could argue that, like you said, RJ, they got smashed against the spread three straight times. Played hard against the Eagles in London. Very competitive game. And maybe that's a buy sign here where bottom line is Jacksonville has the better. And they roster. can still win this division, right? Well, Houston six and three. So oh. now it's getting to must win time. But who's Correct. the who's the second wild card? And I mean, it could be Baltimore. Too I many guess. good AFC teams. Chargers. You know, there's they're, yeah, Chargers because they're behind the Chiefs. OK, so we're saying Chargers are the one wild card. Who's the other? It's either uh, Baltimore who's under 500. For it. It's a good point. Cincinnati's yeah. five and three, but yeah, we expect that they're right now. So, so Jacksonville really got to legitimately believe they can get the wild card. They, but do they have to win? Yeah, now? exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying they haven't given up. Yeah, certainly not. So this is a circle the wagons type of game. The only so why not like it? Well, I like what Indianapolis is doing. I see this team yeah. improving week after week. That defense has been so much better against two. Against two, I mean, their last two games, to, tomato cans. The Bills and the Raiders, two of the worst, two, your two worst teams in your power ratings. Fair enough. But Fair you enough. only lean Jacksonville. I do only lean Jacksonville. T.Y. Hilton's back, and he's worth a full point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> so why only lean, Brad? Mm, I'm almost borderline like at this point. Fez? No, not because of Fez. <laughs> he actually likes Fez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, sounds like you got more rationale to like Jacksonville than you had to like uh, the the Eagles. That's true. I, I mean, so I, I, <laughs> and the look ahead line was one and a half, and I get it; it's a softer, inefficient market, but shouldn't have been that inefficient. These two, both these teams, off a of buy here, so neither one played anybody. And to me, Indy two sounds uh, one and a half two sounds a lot more like the right number 
than a full field goal here. And, and it wasn't that long ago that it, this Indianapolis Colts team got absolutely run off the field by the New York Jets. That was only three weeks ago. And I agree. And the Jets haven't looked good. No. Packers favored by nine and a half in the contest, 10 other places. Dolphins. I'm going to, I'm going to lead with this one. I like, well, let me see. Nine and a, yeah, I'll do it at nine and a half. I like the Dolphins. I'm laying the gauntlet down. Someone wants to press the green button, get all kind of macho. I'm taking RJ down. You know, I mean, <clears throat> listen, I, I'm not saying that would be smart. I mean. Talking about the great one, RJ Bell. But you have a chance to take, take me down. Any takers? Take? Hmm. Bueller. I mean, Bueller. I, this is a contemplation game for me. I, I was on a pass, but uh, ahead, most buddy. of the bets I end up on the show are games I was going to pass. Let's hear the argument for Miami. I don't have any. Just have a gut. <laughs> <Just> have a- <laughs> That's the best <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Just a gut feeling, baby. <laughs> That's what I don't get. I've never wanted to say it, but it's like when, if you really like your pick, and then Fez usually is like debating you to try to stop you from pressing the green button. That's a towel that you actually don't like it. Right. And I could say one more thing. Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them. And it's the dolphins. No, look at Maddie. He like, hey, Maddie's the type that's like, I'm going to run for president. I'm going to, Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Let's jump on it. <laughs> Maddie, come on. You and Fez. Oh, I got plenty of action. Oh. <laughs> But I don't like your side, though. I think gun to my head, I'm on Fez's side. Well, it's, it, since it's no vig, you should love it then. Like, uh, you, I mean, it's, it's still a pass game for me. I'm already laying big points in two games, and to Fez's <laughs> point, all the chalks covered last week. I don't want to be laying monster points in three games. So what makes you not like Miami? I, I just think that offense is dead right now. When, when you look at their last couple of games, I mean, they're not moving the ball at all. As bad as it looked last week, that game with the Jets and the Miami, which had no, had no offensive touchdowns, period, in the entire game, uh, and the Jets should have got there. My, the Jets had the better offense last week in that 13-6 to loss. Miami did nothing and got that pick six. Four turnovers for the Dolphins. They win the game 13-6 to despite getting severely outstatted. All right, any thoughts, Brad? I just think, you know, I mean, Green Bay, if they need a feel-good win, I mean, look at their schedule. At the Rams two weeks ago. Last week at the uh, at the Patriots. What's upcoming? Oh, my goodness. At Seattle, at Minnesota. If I ever want to put a positive spin on what we're doing so far in the season, it'd be this one. If I could put it on somebody, I would. Or you can say it's a sandwich spot. That's true. You know, I'm, I'm having a, a mental flashback to when the Miami Hurricanes went to Pittsburgh. It was about 38 degrees, and I'm seeing all these college players shivering on the oh, sideline. Oh, oh, so we're, we're back to the, the 40 degrees is going to matter. Yeah, I, but this I one's really, going to be 44. I, I, I had 38. So <laughs> that, Now that is a big difference. So if the temperature actually kicks off below 40, I will be a lot more confident because I feel strongly a team that's had to play and live in 80 degrees every day that has to go to below 40 degrees, that that is a key temperature point. Here's my main reason now that Maddie's backed off. I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are beyond the typical this is the bounce back spot because that's the handicap is just lost a tough game against Rams, tough game against the Pats, and it was close late, and now you got to win. You're below 500. I think... 
almost like the Steelers, when they're in that motivational spot that is like a first level motivation, often they're not motivated. It's only when they get a second level motivation. If anything, all this internal discord with the Packers, I think two tough road games, I think they're fatigued right now. I think his team figures, hey, we're doubled, almost double-digit favorites. We're, we can win this. In worst case, tie game late, Rodgers gets us out of it. I don't get any sense of margin here. Of all, Let me ask you this, Fez. Of all the teams laying, let's say, between 9 and 11, which I think there's three or four of them this week, three, if I said... I'll give you, you know, 10 to 1 if they win by 30 or whatever would be a fair number. Wouldn't the Packers be the last one? Like, Packers getting true margin here. Wouldn't you say last one to do that? You know, no. I think the Packers could get true margin because I do feel they absolutely want to beat up on someone. I've noticed in these temperature games, crazy things can happen. Oh, he's back to the 44 degrees? Wait a minute. You just said in in 44 degree weather, crazy things can happen. I think it's a, I think it's an an advantage that's not priced properly by the marketplace. No, I'm not saying maybe that's true. I don't think so. But you're saying crazy things happen when it's 44. I'd rather it was 34. The only thing that scares me, and we talk about motivation in this game by the Packers, is um, you know the Miami Dolphins right now are actually only half game out of that second wild card spot in the NFL, and I feel like because of how the way things are going with their quarterback being banged up hey, man, and all their my, injuries, come on my side against Fez. Had they have lost last week and dropped to four Brad and five, Jones. I could see the motivation kind of waning there. But at five and four, suddenly you're only a half game out. I still don't. I still don't really want any part of Miami me in this spot because I do feel like maybe Aaron Rodgers wants to put it on somebody, but I, I think I the think motivation tired. advantage think goes to wants Miami. To take a nap. Maybe. Maybe that could be the case. Brad, let me ask you a question. If you're on the side with me, you can't be that bad, can you? Mm. Yeah, I agree with that, but you know, maybe Fez is, you know... Are you I, green buttoning too? No, not this one, because you know what? It's not 44. Actually, the weather's 35. Yeah. It's a later so start time. Ra- you're just randomly saying 30, uh, 44? Yeah, I, I saw a little less than that too. Yeah. I saw a high thirty. Oh my god, crazy things happen when it's almost freezing. <laughs> I mean, you can put water outside. Hold on, water outside overnight, and you can drink it the next morning. Nice and cold. <laughs> yeah, <it'd be> nice <laughs> and cold. What was that temperature when the Miami Hurricanes played Pittsburgh what, last year? What year are we talking? Last year, and we're talking about child children football. in college football oh, versus NFL with all their like super duper <laughs> heaters and stuff. I've, let me ask you a question, Matt. You've listened to guys behind the counter where you know the uh, reason I'm betting this, but they're sharp guys, so you listen. When's the last time someone said? It's going to be about 40. I think that, that it's a huge advantage. Be honest. Not very often. Yeah. RJ, it's hard to tackle in the cold. It is. <laughs> it's much more difficult. We'll All right. See. Next game. But everybody says snow. A couple of flurries and people go crazy. I do think that's amazing. There's Wind is, is, is underrated. Snow is overrated. Overrated. For an effect. Yes. yes. Redskins, Tampa Bay. Oh, my gosh. Talk about the love of Tampa Bay. The market just every week. I'm surprised at the Tampa line favored by three. They're saying they're even teams. Fez, let's start. Obviously, the beat up Redskins is the story here. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm leaning to Tampa Bay because of it. And it's really about the eye test. When I watched the Falcon Washington game, as soon as those linemen got hurt, all of a sudden the Washington Redskins, who had a very capable offense 
Adrian Peterson was running well. They morphed into the Buffalo Bills or the Arizona Cardinals, completely unable to move the ball. And remember, that's against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that hasn't stopped anyone all year long. Yeah, they'll probably make some adjustments. They'll be a little bit better. I want no part of these Redskins with this O-line currently. Okay, guys, one and one only commercial break, and we'll be back to finish up strong. Risk. Think about it. As batters, it's something we assess all the time. Well, this is the business of Simply Safe Home Security. Think about all the things that can happen. A storm takes out your power. Simply Safe is ready. Intruder cuts your phone lines. Yep. Simply Safe is ready. A lot of you might think overkill. Don't worry about the risk. But think about what you're risking. Literally your home and your family and being ready for every worst case scenario, that's what makes Simply Safe's home security system so great. It's always ready. Now, what's the price, right? If it was hundreds of dollars a month, you'd be like, yeah, I want to be safe, but hey, hundreds of bucks is a lot of money. Well, no, they only charge you what's fair 24 seven professional security monitoring for less than $15 a month. Three Subway sandwiches. In fact, it's $14.99 only. And, well, what about five years from now when I, no, no contracts, no hidden fees. Anyone that asks, it's the only security system we recommend. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash dream. D R E A M. That's simplysafe.com slash dream to protect your home and family today. And listen, if you're supporting the show and you're considering it, do it. You're risking the one month. Like we said, no contracts, no hidden fees. Simplysafe.com slash dream. Finally, new advertiser here, Pluto TV, the leading free streaming television service. 100 TV channels, thousands of movies on demand and completely free. Wait a minute, free? Yep. Pluto TV never asks even for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What in the heck could you be waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download for free on all your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. All right, boys, two games left. Let's finish strong. Chiefs, 16 and a half against Arizona. Brad passes. Fez, you lean. Matt, let's start with you. I'm going to lean Arizona in this game as well. Do you know who has the fewest players in the entire NFL listed on their injury report with all four total listed players, two of which are questionable and who might play anyway? The Arizona Cardinals. You talk about a team who's avoided injuries, got healthy, uh, and now has a young quarterback who's maybe starting to get some game experience under his belt. Look, it's Josh Rosen in the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody that I know who sharp had San Francisco against Arizona in their revenge spot in the second game when it was in Arizona laying about a point uh, as high as two and a half in that game and look Arizona was the better football team that game flat out period their defense is still better and their offense is starting to get a tiny bit better um 
you know, so I actually look, it's a ton of points. I could see Kansas City in the look-ahead spot with the Mexico City game against the Rams. If nothing else, calling off the dogs in the second half or maybe at least not running up the score with so much on the line next week. I don't know how you lay it in a game like this. Boy, that Mexico City is a good, good point, right? Because to me, the thing that keeps me off this is KC being like a machine that the whole idea of Mahomes, the MVP, let's keep the narrative. Let's keep the momentum. But boy, if you've got a, a tough game at altitude, right? Mexico city next week, I, maybe you take Mahomes out if you're up 17. Mm-hmm. And again, in that case, maybe it's you're up 21, you take them out and then you still, the back door is more open. Sure. With eight minutes left or whatever. But I think it might be more that they sit, they take the air out of the ball late cause of that Mexico City game. To me, the biggest factor. Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. The look ahead is everything here. And the fact, but what's keeping you from liking it? Having watched Arizona play all year long and (laughs) I know how bad watched Rosen play. But when you get 16 and a half, unless you're playing a horrible team. I, it's true. It's true. And Kansas City has the makeup of a team that I love betting against laying 16 because their defense is not good. But, um, so, so what you're saying is literally like Freddie Fanny Pack would say is I can't bet this because, boy, the Cardinals are no good. I need 17. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost there. If the line was it was a 20 and a half, you'd be like, I'd won 21 here. No, I'd bet a car at 20 and a half. What do you, uh, so Maddie, do you like it or lean? I just mostly lean. It's the thing say, that scares thing? me is in that second game. I mean, I, I had Arizona. We did Arizona. I mean, the Niners were winning 15 to three with like seven minutes to go. This, this Arizona the offense, the Giants, apparently. I know that the Arizona offense is scary at times. They're one of those teams that could literally put up a six spot here. And then at that point, Kansas City could still, they could score that in the first half, take the air out of the ball in the second half. But I certainly, there's no possible way I lay it. All right, so Fez, you don't like anything here, Brad? I pass. <laughs> Although, you know, be careful automatically playing on these big dogs. You know, last six years in the NFL, 14 point or more favorites, 20 and seven against the spread. Wow, good stat. Say it one more time. 14 point or more favorites in the NFL last six seasons, 20 and seven against the spread. I wouldn't have never guessed that. No, it's a good stat. Hmm. That is interesting. Cause it's the, not the worst sample size, 27 games over six years. So it's a mm-hmm. decent sample. And it doesn't feel arbitrary either because it's like there are these games where it's like, it's one thing to be laying not, you know, uh, 11, 12, 13. Once you get up 16, 17, 18, it's a whole different mentality. Right. Uh, maybe what it's saying is when NFL teams are this bad in a passing league, because, I mean, we had the same thing in college, right? For a long time, and Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, in college, you know, sharp players would play a lot of big dogs. Yep. Five, six, seven years ago, the pace of the game, the no huddle, I mean, those big dogs aren't near as attractive. No, they had a good year last year, but not nearly as far as the last five, six years. Not the case anymore. It's a pretty good point. When the total is 50. I thought that was a good one. Instead of 40, right? That's uh, that's 25% more points. And it's you could have got some bets. The favorite that's going to be getting most of them. Yeah, Fez, that was a good. I mean, Brad, that was a good point. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fez didn't have it either. <laughs> but somehow you still passed. <laughs> yeah. Last game. I know, and he still passed. He's got exactly. these great stats, but well, like, Fez doesn't have it. So let's admit to the following. Yeah. His likes don't seem connected with his handicap. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, he'll have some great handicaps. Yeah, you're like, wow, what a stat, yeah. but I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, no, no chance <laughs> this one. But then it's like, why do you like, well, you know, uh, they just traded for a receiver. <laughs> 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 All right, Jets, Bills. Here's the question of the week, perhaps. Sam Darnold out. We'll start with you, Fez. Upgrade, downgrade, how do you adjust? Upgrade the Jets by one and a half points, bringing in McCown. Wow. What do you think, Matty? I don't know that you can upgrade. I guess I I do agree that I don't know that it's that big. I just I do agree that there's some upgrade because Darnold so has so many interception and he's careless with the football. Yeah, I agree. It's an upgrade. But that's not what the market did today. No, that's right. No, the market went mm. down. Well, there's right. a whole lot going on in this game because it's, the Jets are not the only team that have changed quarterbacks. The Peterman experiment apparently has ended. So now we're for Buffalo, we're either going to get Allen or we're going to get Derek Anderson. And I assume that when you say Derek Anderson that he has cleared concussion protocol because I didn't think he had yet. But maybe so he I think already what has. What we're saying is there's a possibility he will, and they're saying if so, he may start. Yeah, but I think right now, if I had to say, I'd say Josh Allen, like 60% chance that he'll be the starter. Yeah. Derek Anderson, like, I, from all I, I read, he's going to be 40. good to go. Yeah, 40. For the concussion protocol stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> way more than see 40. What you did way there. more than 40. Uh, I, I think he has a higher chance. Allen, start. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about Fez? He's been like a brain surgeon. <laughs> all right. If it's Allen or Anderson, upgrade, downgrade. Both are upgrades. Yeah, understood. But I'm saying versus each other. I think Allen's a point better than Anderson. I think it's more. I think it's Allen's like 1.75, close to two points better. But isn't the theory if Allen couldn't play last week, if he can play this week, he's not 100%? Probably. Maybe. And it is an elbow injury, which isn't great for a thrower. And that maybe that dynamic arm, you know, action that he has sucks if with an elbow injury. So, Fez, you actually have a total you like in this game. Yeah, I'm going under. And this really is um, backed up by football outsiders, which I would have had the number right in front of me. Going under the lowest total of the 2018 NFL season. Correct. So Buffalo by Football Outsiders is number 32 in offense. This is a crazy number. They got them number two in defense. Now, I assume that's a lot of that's because Buffalo is always down by 27 points. Well, no. Remember, what Football Outsiders does exceptionally well is they assess the situation and 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 consider the stats contextually. Right. But I, I still think like when they were playing the Chargers in the second half, the Chargers had a third and eight, for instance, and hand the yeah, ball off. Hand the ball draw. off and not. Saying, and again, I, I would dig deeper into what Football Outsiders is doing. They spend their entire, like every year, they come back with, we made these four changes. So you've got like seven or eight smart guys, all model guys, that's done this now, not the same seven or eight, like for 15 or 20 years. Like this, they've really thought about this model. Which is good because they think the Buffalo <laughs> yes. defense is, is Stellar and the offense is horrendous, worse in the league. And similarities with the Jets. They have their offense ranked number 30, their defense 
ranked number seven. So think about this. I've got the worst offense and the third worst offense in the league going up against the second and the seventh best defenses. All of a sudden, under 37 looks darn good to me. Boy, I tell you this. Is there any 37s? No, I'm just, I do see a couple. I'm just kidding. I, I'm telling you this is I would like the under so much more with Derek Anderson because Allen, you, you turnover. I mean, wouldn't you say it's a lower variance game with Derek Anderson? Boy, does anyone have the stats oh, in front oh, oh, of them on what? Okay. What is the, the record on unders the last five years in the NFL when it's 37 or less? I can get that. There hasn't been, first of all, this is, there hasn't been a total lower. This is the lowest. Hold on. There hasn't been a total lower than 36 and a half since 2012. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. This is, so low. we're taking but, a historic total and betting it under. But I do I believe, like. I do believe that the basic strategy in recent years has been all these totals that were like 55 and above have been going over and the totals at 40 and below have been trending more to the under. Maybe, but I mean, we're moving now down 37. People forget this. You can't catch any bad breaks, any type yeah. of like right. interception. is one of the key numbers in total. Yeah. So maybe, 37, 44 back in the day were the two key numbers. Maybe you want to go first half under 18 to avoid some of the craziness that could ensue of one of these teams that they head by 10. The pick sixes and like but, become more common second half. Okay. That's interesting. Now, do you agree though? You like this more with Anderson because it's lower variance? No, I don't think I agree. Well, you think Josh Allen is better, so you don't want him that way. But number, because if you like the, but number two, you don't, if I said, um, Anderson's in and it's going to cost you 10,000 for every interception, or you get to choose the starter, but every interception they throw is 10,000 bucks. I actually think Allen would throw more. He's a young guy. He makes mistakes. Exactly. He's a gunslinger. But but the eye test from when watching Anderson has been, he's been overthrowing receivers and he's been throwing a whole lot more than Allen has. And if Allen's injured, I think they're going to be more likely to hand the ball off with that. But you said Allen's one point better. Overall, yes. But we're not counting his injury now. You always contextualize everything except this one. Well, I don't know about the injury. It's an unknown. All right. So, Brad, you like the total too? No, hell no. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> don't like this. Oh, nah, wow. nah. <laughs> All right. Any closing? Uh, what about the side, Matty? Last, you'll, you'll close it. I wish, boy, I wish they took Buffalo plus eight, but I'll tell you, you wish you take Buffalo every week, but they never cover. So, uh, yeah. Hey, maybe we just leave it on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Back next week. Remember, super contest gold, 65%, no losing weeks. Sunday, I promise. On my Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. You'll get it. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.